0: Dee Reddy is on the line. Hi Dee, how are you?
1: I'm great, thanks Mario. How are you? Oh,
0: another cracking line. Dee, uh, we miss you here in Today FM and um, but it's great to hear you on the radio every week um, speaking to Matt Cooper as well and you're going to do the story behind the song for us today.
1: Yeah, that's right. So the song I've chosen for you today, Mario, is I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston which was released in 1992. So to tell the story of this song it's kind of a story in two parts. We have to go back uh, way back to 1973 when it was originally released by Dolly Parton, uh, or re- originally written. She released it as a single in 1974. So Dolly had gotten her big break in 1967 on a TV show called The Porter Wagner Show. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, like, it was this real kind of old school um, kind of showcase uh, TV show that Porter Wagner had that was hugely successful. Like, her debut on that show, I think, had four million viewers. Um, and she had stayed with Porter Wagner for seven years um, and really, really wanted to go and leave and do her own thing and have the amazing career that we all know that she's had since. But he was being a bit of a douche about it, to be honest with you, and didn't want to let her go because she was so successful on his show. Um, so there was a lot of kind of tension between them and a lot of fighting. So the song was originally written, um, not actually as a romantic song at all, which a a lot of people assume, but it was written as a kind of goodbye to Porter Wagner and her way of saying, look, thank you for everything that you've given me and I wish you every success in the future, but I need to go now and I need to leave. Yeah. Um. And uh, she she actually wrote the song on the same day as Jolene. Can yeah, this you believe is, that? This is
0: extraordinary. I've heard this before and um, I, I believe it to be a true fact, actually, Dee, that I think she, on the same day she wrote Jolene, she she wrote this song as well, two of the biggest hit songs um, that she ever had, and of all time, really, um, of all ex- time, ex- like
1: extraordinary. Yeah, she like it's some woman for one woman, basically. But like by the time that Whitney got around to recording the song in the nineties, it had actually already been a number one twice for Dolly. So when she originally released it in nineteen seventy four, it went to number one, and then when she did her second film, which was um, the best, best little, little horror house, horror house, in, house. in Texas that one yeah. yeah um it went to number 1 again because it was on the soundtrack for that um so like really what a what what a phenomenal success that she'd already had with it um and it's worth noting with Dolly as well like er, her relationship with Porter Wagner he stayed with her for a number of years as a producer um and then he subsequently sued her um and not one to kind of basically be mean like he sued her for three million dollars uh, because he was upset that she wasn't working with him anymore he then got in trouble with the IRS and as a way of helping him out she bought his entire back catalogue of songs and then gifted it back to him like what an incredible human being Dolly Parton I is I
0: love Dolly Parton but this know. is the Whitney version of it
1: so the Whitney version of it then so let's let's go go forward in time then so Whitney um, by the time 1992 came about she was about to embark on her first film which of course was The Bodyguard with um, Kevin Costner um, and that film like was a phenomenal success but when they were recording it of course they didn't know that that was going to happen like she had three albums at that stage her first two were massive massive breakthrough pop albums albums. But she'd gotten a lot of flack um, from the R&B and soul community. She was actually booed at the Soul Train Awards in 1989, um, which is a horrible thing to happen to any artist, I think. And Rev Al Sharpton used to refer to her as Whitey Houston. So she was getting a lot of flack for, I suppose, abandoning her her roots um, from the community. Um, The film, when it came about, it had actually been knocking about Hollywood since 1975 and was originally meant to be uh, a film starring Diana Ross and Ryan O'Neill in 1978 which I think is really interesting but that fell by the wayside and Costner of course at this stage was a huge star and was a massive fan of the script and had the clout to get it made and he was the one who chose Whitney um, as his co-star and when they started um, making the film her management were very very keen that there was a big massive song on the soundtrack that she would record, that would be the single that would be released alongside the movie. Um, but of course, they originally were recorded uh, What Becomes of the Broken Hearted, um, which it's a funny one because I can't imagine that song. Um, I, I know she would have, she would have given it an incredible treatment and an arrangement, but I can't imagine that song giving her enough room for her voice. But what happened anyway there, Mario, was that song was released on the soundtrack to that film, Fried Green Tomatoes, the previous year. And it was a huge hit for them. Um, So they had to go back to the drawing boards. Um, And Kevin Costner actually suggested the Dolly Parton song, um, I Will Always Love You. And was kind of poo-pooed originally because like, the idea of such an R&B star... Doing a song by a country and Western artist just seemed really incongruous, and the people, people felt that it wouldn't work. Yeah. Um. But anyway, he he was the producer, and they they uh, they went forth with it, and uh, they started recording it. But they used originally to record it. Um. And I think this is an amazing insight, actually, by the way, into how Whitney recorded. She didn't. She obviously wasn't using sheet music. They had a, a record. They went out and got a record of the song and the only version that they could get was a Linda Ronstead version that had come out in the 80s which is in the history of this song let's just say it's a bit subpar and it it, it also misses that entire verse where that that really the, the the one that grabs you where it's like you know I wish you the best in the future yes. Anyway, Dolly got wind that they were recording the song but not using that verse. And she was like, no, guys, you absolutely need to include this verse in it. So she gave them the lyrics over the phone, whereupon Costner suggested they do it as talking acapella and the rest is history. Um, and they recorded it essentially live as one takes so that they could film her for the film. And apparently the people on set were just blown away by that initial performance and
0: of it. Do you know what I heard, Dee? I heard <clears throat> that Kevin Costner was the one responsible for making her sing the very beginning of the song, a cappella.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah, he was. And, and like, it, it was, he, was, he was actually very involved <laughs> in, in, in the history of this particular recording. <gasps> Dee, do you
0: know what? Patrick is screaming at me here. Thanks a for fitting all that in. Please introduce this fantastic song.
1: So this is Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You e
0: it...